Hello and welcome to the First Stand Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown, and we are back. And in today's episode, we got a special guest for you guys. I'm here with former Marietta Pioneer kicker, Logan Allward. Logan, start the show off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your career accolades and how exactly did you pick Marietta? You know, every team's got a high school kicker. How did you find Marietta? And then how did Marietta find you as well? Hey, what's going on, Toby? Thanks for having me. Um... Yeah, uh, I really started uh, a little late in the uh, recruiting process. I didn't really decide I wanted to play college football until most of my high school uh, senior year was over. Um, and then I decided that I really wasn't done, and uh, I didn't really want to stop because, I mean, in high school it was pretty good. Um, I led our team in points, honestly, most of the year until the last couple of weeks. So I figured, you know, I mean, I could probably go play somewhere. And uh Division three is just where I ended up at Marietta. Uh, I really just worked through with my high school coach to find somewhere to stay. And uh, when I found Marietta, I visited. And, um, you know, every college is going to try to make you feel like you're special and make you feel like you're the guy. But um, when I went there, I mean, they took a, took me in a lot of one-on-one time. It was like, listen, I mean, this we, we want you. We need you. This is how we can use you. And uh, they really rolled out the uh, wagon a little bit better than – some of the other places I visited, like Wittenberg, um, and then I took a trip to Morehead State a little bit, and, you know, you get places that are a little bit bigger, and they got other guys I thought they really want that might be better, but, um, yeah, just really find a place where um, you feel welcome. So with D3 football, everybody knows a lot about the D3 life. We all know, you know, they can't give athletic scholarships. So with that, you said you looked at Morehead State. Why would you pick a D3 college over a D1 college? It seems... Everybody's going to want to go D1. It's the status. But what what led you to say, no, D3 is where I want to be, and specifically Marietta is where I want to be? Yeah, um, just because it's D1 doesn't mean it's any better. Um, I would take a very competitive Division three school over a, divi- a small Division one school that's not really producing any wins, not producing any uh, excitement in the program, um, simply because Division three. I mean, everybody might – a lot of people might dog Division three, but man, there's some really uh, some good dudes out there that uh, go overlooked, and uh, either that or they're just they really uh, develop in those later years in their careers in uh, Division three. So uh, I mean, I chose Division three because I did feel more welcome, and I felt like uh, I was going to be a bigger part of the team in Marietta, um, which I was. I started all four years there. Um, I got to meet some really good guys, played with some awesome awesome players who had a lot of talent um but were overlooked because of their size in a lot of times um so i was really excited to be able to play with those guys and it was a great time for me so yeah i mean that's just kind of why i chose it over probably a bigger college but i mean if you got to play it's kind of worth it i mean i think we would all say we would like to continue our playing career to some extent looking more specifically at the d3 college level you played, of course, in the OAC, very talented conference. Mount Union dominates not only the OAC, but Division Three in general, but also we talked about earlier John Carroll, Baldwin Wallace. You guys in your own right at Marietta were very successful. Can you speak more specifically to D3 football, and what is one thing that people overlook with D3 football? You know, like, like we talked about, 
They can't give athletic scholarships. You said a lot of guys are there because they might be undersized. But what's some stuff that people don't know about D3 football that maybe we need to familiarize ourselves with a little more? So with Division Three football, I think the biggest thing is is just the grind of Division Three, And you will hear a lot of guys talk about that um, from different teams. Uh, I'm sure if you talk to guys from Mount Union and John Carroll, uh, you'll definitely probably get some of the same, like just the grind. Um, as Division Three, I mean, guys do stay over the summer, but unlike those programs like Ohio State and Alabama, like we're not there as a team running summer practices. We don't have the indoor facilities. We don't have the same amount of uh, um, treatment that they get at those bigger colleges. So you're really on your own most of the time, grinding out with yourself or the few close teammates that you stayed with. Um, so if you make it through Division Three, I feel like I don't want to say that you outwork those guys. Cause I know the guys Division One have worked really hard to get there, but you are far from uh, just ending up there by luck. Um, yeah, Division Three. I feel like you got to work super hard to get somewhere. Most definitely, and I want to look at your sp- position specifically. Kickers oftentimes a position that people will make jokes about. People don't truly understand because. Let's be honest, most of us think we can be kickers until we get out there and shank it from 19 yards out. So how did you, as a high schooler, get on college's radars? Because, I mean, every high school team has a kicker. Obviously, the big stuff's going to be power and accuracy. But what's some other stuff that people don't realize about the kicking position that goes into your daily life as a college kicker? So I did uh, touch on the high school. I did lead our team in points for a while. Uh, I ended up getting all state uh awards um i think i missed out on first or second team by a few points because obviously they didn't really look anything besides how many points we scored and accuracy um i only missed two field goals my whole high school career but as far as getting recruited as a kicker and the life as a division three kicker at least like the big thing is like camps um you could honestly be a mediocre high school kicker but you go to a big time camp, you pay the $500 or what you're going to get some kind of rating. You're going to get some kind of team looking at you. I mean, to be simple, colleges carry a lot of kickers because the turnover is so high. Um, the guy that usually is the number one kicker at these big schools is legit. I mean, they've proven they have gone through the camps as well, but they're the one, the guys who are winning these big camp competitions um, as me, though, I never went through any of these camps. Um, I just didn't have the money. So that's why I feel like I could have gone a little bit higher maybe because I did have some power compared to some guys who I played against in high school that were kickers. Uh, but I think that's why I also played four years at Marietta's because I had a lot more power than some of the guys that they were bringing in. And I didn't always win the competitions, you know, because it's definitely a huge mental game. Um, I think that's one thing that, to touch on your question is that people don't really think about is it is a huge mental game um to walk out after having a bad day of practice missing a lot of field goals or just shanking or things not going your way like to come back and really settle down and get back in your technique um so everybody might dog a kicker from missing a field goal in the nfl but i mean i would love to see anyone else out there try most definitely i think we all know that Bears kicking competition that we saw after their uh, playoff debacle a couple years ago. But I want to talk more specifically, you hit on power. And in today's NFL game, we see kickers hit from 50 routinely. But when you watch high school football, 
really anything 35 yards or out gets a lot of attention depending on where you're at at the high school game. Can you touch a little bit more on what the power is like in the college game? People think, like we talked about, Division Three. what kind of power do they have? Can you touch personally on what was your career long in game and practice, but then also what are some of the other kicks you've seen throughout the Division Three landscape? Yeah, um, so definitely after about 35 yards, I say, in high school, I mean, everybody's like, wow, this kid can kick. In high school, I think my furthest was 41 yards and – I mean, that was barely in there, and that was my junior year. So I was just like, yeah, I mean, that was pretty impressive for me at the time. Um, I really just hit a lot of sm- – I've never had a huge – I think 41 was my actual career, like longest college and high school. Uh, other than that, I just had a lot of shorter kicks. Um, I always told my coaches in college – I mean, my junior, senior year in college, I was like, listen, 55 yards and then, that's where I'm at. Um, I was able to hit some 60s on my own in practice – uh, by myself, but obviously that's a little bit different from the game, as you can see. Like guys, from Justin Tucker, who are able to hit like 80-yard field goals on their own, you'll never see that attempted in the game. You saw how close he was, barely just breaking the record at 66 yards. Um, so obviously, kickers have a lot more power than they show. But when it put into a game perspective, uh, it's a lot different. Um, when you're on your own, you're on your own timing. You you kick the ball when you want. In a game, you give the, your holder a nod and that ball's going to get snapped whenever the hold, or the snapper feels like it. So, um, yeah, that kind of throws your timing off a little bit, and that's why you probably don't see these long field goals guys are actually capable of making. Um, but as far as the Division three level, it's really hit or miss. I mean, I've seen guys who uh, can barely hit 30-yard field goals. I've seen kickers who are barefoot kickers. Uh, I remember for a few years, Muskingum, we played him, and this kid, he would run out in a flip-flop. He was a barefoot kicker. And I never saw him hit one. He always shanked them bad, and I think there's a reason why we wear cleats. And I just want to say I think that whole barefoot technique is uh, proven to be wrong. But I've also seen guys uh, at, like, Ohio Northern. Uh, I remember warming up, and this kid, he was a senior at the time. I was only, like, a freshman, sophomore. And he's just hitting 60s and warm up like it's nothing. I'm like, why are you here? I just didn't understand and then uh, my last year, John Carroll, they, I mean, they got a, a kid who came in. He transferred from Youngstown State, was supposed to be legit, but he didn't make anything. I mean, he missed every field goal I watched him take. And it's like, I mean, you come from this Division One school, you expect a lot of hype and be able to um, hit all your field goals. And then the last two years against Mount Union, I think one game I played them, their kicker was 0 for 4. And, I mean, they kick a lot of field goals because once they get up, I mean, they kind of just – I mean, they'll kick on first down. They did it against us. So, yeah, I mean, it's really hit or miss. Um, this really depends on the guy, I guess. And looking more at kind of some of the talent you played with at the D3 level, we see a lot of schools that, you know, they're small Division three schools like a Marietta or a Muskingum, yet they're able to get guys from Florida or Texas or North Carolina or whatever. Can you speak a little bit to how you noticed specifically at Marietta, how were you guys able to recruit out of state? What – is the appeal of a guy from high school, what would you tell a guy from high school who's looking at offers, whether it's a preferred walk-on at a Youngstown State or an opportunity to come in and start right away at a Marietta? Could you speak a little bit to that dynamic as well? Yeah, touch on that out-of-state. Um, we always had a few, like a handful of guys out-of-state. We wouldn't get anything crazy, but, I mean, we would always have four, five, six, seven guys out-of-state, you know, Texas, Florida, um, Louisiana, Georgia kind of areas. Um, 
Florida's a big one because, to my knowledge, Florida doesn't have any Division three colleges. And if you, I mean, they have plenty of Division one, but if you don't make it, I mean, where do you go? So that's where uh, colleges like Marietta come in, Mount Union. Um, the OEC is really big in taking Florida guys. Um, I feel like every roster has at least one. Um, but really, we bring, I mean, we'll bring in a handful of those guys on visits and they come in and really just give them the atmosphere where we work with. I mean, small, small college town, you know, everyone's really close. Everyone knows everyone. And really, sometimes that appeal is that's what guys are looking for versus, you know, having going to school with 30,000 other people. Um, you can really get to know people and have friends uh, across the campus and stuff like that. And you're close as a football team. And uh, really, sometimes that appeal was greater to some kids, and that's what they really liked. And that's why they would choose a school like Marietta, um, some of the smaller schools in the OEC as well. And just a couple more questions. Again, we thank you for coming on with us today. i got a couple more questions, though, specifically about kicking. First and foremost, we see in today's NFL, it seems like every year at least four or five teams have a new kicker. We've seen guys who dominate, whether it was a guy like Aldrich Rosas with the Giants, made a Pro Bowl, and now he's on what, the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad maybe? I mean, guys who just come and go, it's like they're good for a year, then they're gone. We've seen guys like Daniel Carlson who couldn't stick with the Chargers. Now he's great with the Raiders. I mean, we've seen these guys in the past. What is it? What is so volatile about the kicking position? We see quarterbacks, whether it's a Johnny Manziel or a Christian Ponder or Paxton Lynch, who they're awful, yet they get five years in the NFL before they get cut. Why are kickers so, why are we so quick to move on from kickers? And what's, what is, what makes that position so volatile in your opinion? Um, I think with the NFL, I mean, you, there's just so many guys who want to be a kicker in the NFL, but unlike any other position, there's only 32 kickers in the NFL and that's it. Um, so I think this really the the leash these guys get, I mean, unless you're a proven kicker like a Justin Tucker or Chris Boswell, you really don't have much leeway. Like if you one bad year, you're done. I mean, it's as simple as that. And the guys that have good years and then just turn up being nobody's after that i mean it's back to that mentality thing like you can go with a whole year you know pro bowl everything next year you show up and maybe you're a little lackadaisical about things and you just you miss a few uh few field goals in your first few games and next thing you know you're trying to change things up and i mean things from there it's, it's a big mental game um being able to handle the outside pressure and be able to fix things up on the fly and not really overthink things is a big part of kicking um, short-term memory, uh, kind of like pitching. It's a really you can really cross-reference a lot of things with kicking to pitching and baseball. Um, I mean, you got guys who can throw ninety. Plenty there's plenty of guys who can throw ninety plus miles an hour. Just how there's plenty of guys in the NFL who can play in the NFL that can kick fifty plus, sixty plus yard field goals. But it's really figuring out which one of those that has the mentality and can really do it for a long period of time. Like, for instance, I mean, we just watched um, McPherson have one of the best kicking um, seasons in a long time compared to Justin Tucker. Um, next year, I mean, he misses a few first, his first few field goals, and he starts really, I don't know, going 50% each game. You know, I mean, he's another guy that you could see on the out. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen because he's a really good kicker, and I've been calling him to be – an all-pro kicker since he was in college. I mean, the guy is phenomenal. 
he is really cold-blooded and he seems to have his mentality straight most definitely and really the the one last thing i wanted to touch on with the kicking position specifically is you know for us people who watch the game of football but have really never kicked maybe we were linemen or we at one point thought we were the next all-state quarterback when really jv was all we got to what is it about specifically things like you hear all the time they say were the laces facing the kicker did they get the ball turned Stuff like that. Can you explain a little bit of that intricate detail with kicking? Why does that stuff matter? Why is it so important? Is it a mental thing, or is there actual proven science to it, like you talked about with the barefoot kicker? Now, the laces thing is a serious. I mean, if you're on a short field goal and it's about 30-something yards in and you hit the laces, you're, you're most likely going to make it if you're going to make it anyways. But, I mean, you get some of those longer field goals, like those 45, 50, 60 yard field goals. And really, it's the little things like the additional wind or the laces facing you that can really change that trajectory. Because the degree of success and perfection in kicking a field goal that long, I mean, you have to be really accurate. Um, the further back you are, the smaller the degree is for air and um, stuff like hitting the laces. I mean, we saw in the Vikings game when it was. I don't know who they're playing. I forget. They, he missed the game-winning field goal, yep. and he had the laces. I mean, that is something that can play a big factor, and it's not comfortable that the laces. It actually really, really sucks, especially when your foot's frozen. Um, so that plays a big factor in it too. It's not fun at all, but it's definitely kicking is one thing. It's got to be a perfectionist thing, and I think that's why it's a super hard thing to do. Is I mean, you got to be really good at what you do. You have to do it consistently every single time to be perfect and that's what people really expect in the nfl is perfect nobody expects a kicker to miss really i mean even game on the line 45 yards and in, everyone's expecting that the ball's gonna go through the uprights um maybe you get in those longer ones people don't expect it as much but um yeah i think the everyone expects kickers to make everything and that's why everyone's really quick to point fingers when you don't see kickers producing as much and I wanted to get your opinion since you are a kicker. I, I say you're, you've got to be a part of the kicking fraternity. It's got to be a lonely group on the football team at times. I wanted to get your opinion on the controversy with Evan McPherson. Um, there's reports that the Bengals are still upset. They're still frustrated and angry with the fact that he was out there watching the halftime show. Can you speak on whether there's any validity to that? You know, obviously I know you're not in the Bengals locker room, but – were you as a kicker involved in the halftime speeches when you were in college and in high school? And is there any validity to the uproar that we're seeing from McPherson not being dedicated and watching the halftime show of the Super Bowl? Uh, I think it's total nonsense. Um, I think it's just publicity for whoever wants to report it, but I, it does not matter one bit. Eight years of kicking, there's not one time a coach came up to me and like, listen, we got to go over game plan. Um, it doesn't happen. Every time I go to the locker room, I grab a little snack to eat or something, go to the bathroom, and I'm really just waiting until whatever halftime show's over so I can go out back and kick. Um, so as far as him sitting on the sidelines, I, it's not a big deal. I don't. I mean, what, what really could he have done in the locker room to change anything what happened in that game? I mean, when you're a rookie kicker and you've already hit two game-winning field goals to send your team to the Super Bowl, I mean – what in the locker room did he have to benefit? So I don't see the issue with it. I mean, sure, people, I've, I've read the comments on it 
what if they wanted to go over a certain kick they want to do or an onside kick they've done this kick they've they've ran those things so many times they just need to tell him to do it and he's going to do it perfect i mean exactly how he needs to do it so i don't think it's a big deal at all most definitely and the last question before we let you go talked about d3 football we talked about kicking if you could say anything to a high school senior coming out going through the recruiting process they're having to decide they've got multiple offers they may not be the big offers like they dreamed about when they were a kid it may not be ohio state it may be wilmington what would you tell that kid about the recruiting process what would you tell them about the college game any advice and wisdom you can give those kids um I think just definitely, I mean, Division three is not something to laugh at or overlook. Uh, I've definitely played with some serious guys. I mean, I for a few years I played with a guy who was 6'3", 220, perfect wide receiver build, ran a 4'4", 40. I mean, had awesome hands, led the conference in touchdowns, would moss anyone, yet he played Division three football. It's it's nothing to laugh at. I mean, there's guys that play. I mean, you got guys in Mountain Union like, Pierre Gerson or Cecil Shorts, who've gone in the NFL. We have the lineman from uh, Whitewater. That is a, that was a starter on the Broncos this past year. Um, so uh, it's not a dead-end beat, for sure. Um, so this whole D1 or bust is not true at all. And I know that I think it's growing, that people are really starting to see that there's more than just Division One. Uh, but it's also sometimes hard to see because you see all these guys getting NIL deals and Ewers getting his million dollars and cashing out at Ohio State, and it's hard to not want that as a player. But truthfully, not everyone in the country is built like a Division One player. I mean, I played with guys who were All-American linemen, yet they were only six foot tall and about two hundred and forty-five pounds, um, which is almost about the size of me. So, <laughs> truthfully, um, so maybe it's not the size or. Um, you just have the talent, not the size, or if you have the size, I mean, some of these guys, uh, I could play, we played Wilmington. They had a, this kid was probably six, eight, six, nine. I mean, he was huge. Couldn't move a lick. I mean, he could not move off his block. Uh, our guys were running all around him. So as far as, I mean, just talking about anybody that wants to get play college football, um, I don't want to say take what you can get. I'm just going to, yeah, take what you can get. Um, even if it's division three, it's fun playing football. I enjoyed all four years of it. You still get that college grind, trust me. Waking up at 5 in the morning every morning to go run or lift in the middle of February when it's 2 degrees outside and then having spring ball practices when it's negative and snowing, it's not fun at all, but it's still the grind. Um, it's definitely not something to be overlooked, and honestly, I think Division Three is on the rise. Most definitely. And we want to thank you for coming on today. Like I said, loved having you on. Um, folks, that was Logan Allward, former Marietta Pioneer kicker. We will be back later this week with a NFC offseason team need. But until then, guys, like I always tell you, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. And we will see you guys later. Have a good one.